0: All they ever told me was to drop off the food and leave. There was a slot between the fencing, and every day I would put plates of food into it. There was never anything beyond the fencing, just darkness. It was electrified too, so I couldn't touch it even if I wanted to. I knew this place was some kind of sanctuary, but I wasn't allowed to ask any questions. Maybe that made it easier for everyone's safety to keep it that way. Make the task as simple as possible, hard to screw that up. It took a high security clearance to get this job. Even that wasn't enough to know what was going on. I certainly wasn't expecting to become a highly paid servant, but sometimes life works in strange ways. The freight elevator I took from the cafeteria was old and slow, as if manifesting the monotony of my job as a tired, old machine on its last legs. The inside of the elevator was plastered with the rules of the facility. As if you didn't know, you only had to recite them, take a test on them, and sign a contract making you liable if you don't follow them. The large white paper was covered in large, bold red letters and read as follows. 1. Do not perform any task outside of your assigned duties. 2. Do not interact with any other worker. Three. Do not ask any questions of your superiors unless pertinent to your duties. 4. Do not move beyond the fencing. 5. Do not loiter in the safety cages. All of this sounded really ominous, but the job was honestly kind of a bore. The money was so good, though, that I couldn't pass it up. The rules also mentioned other workers, but I had never encountered one. That may have been due to the fact that I worked the night shift, but who knows? I couldn't ask anyone if I ever actually saw someone. The elevator began to slow as it approached the correct floor. The dented, heavy metal doors screeched as they strained to open. The all-too-familiar, long, empty hallway revealed itself as the elevator opened. I rolled a small, squeaky cart over the shining, glassy, finished flooring. Past three additional doors, which I assumed were other enclosures, and stepped in front of mine. E04. I sighed as I put my hand on the door handle. The cold metal sent a chilling effect through my hand. Heavy thud marked the release of the door, and a cool breeze rushed through to me as it opened. It had the distinctive feeling of being outside, which had to be artificial. I was undoubtedly indoors, having taken an elevator several floors up. It wasn't completely surprising that the enclosures would simulate the native habitat for whatever was being stored in here. As the door opened wider, I took in the fencing and the complete darkness that lay beyond it, the gentle hum of the electrical components on the wall that electrified the fence, making this room potentially hazardous to the uninitiated. There was a doorway in the fencing, which was locked despite the danger. I wondered who they thought would be stopped by the padlock, but not the electricity. I moved to the feed chute, which was made out of a non-conductive material and could be safely interacted with as I loaded it. Food I was given was a selection of different raw meats. I snapped a set of latex gloves to my wrists as I went to handle the food. There were two buttons on the feeding chute. One was to load, the other was to deliver. This mechanism moved two ceiling doors that would ensure there was never a breach in the fence. I pushed the button that would release the opening on my side. It made a decisive thunk that echoed out into the darkness. I loaded the various meats into the chute and closed it, my job complete. Throwing my gloves into a nearby trash can, I turned back to my now empty cart. Only as I placed my hands on the handle, a loud booming noise rang out in the enclosure. It shook and vibrated the cage, the percussive nature of the sound hitting me in the chest. Then the lights went out, and I was left suddenly in complete darkness. I stood there quietly, stunned and shocked at the sudden loss of power. This building had backups for everything. Losing electricity wasn't something that happened. The room remained still for a moment. The sound of my breathing the only disturbance. My skin prickled when I heard another noise, though. It came from far off at first. Footsteps, as if they were moving across a soft grass. I couldn't see anything, eyes barely able to adjust in the absence of any light source. They continued to get closer, until I was sure they were right up against the fence. A few seconds of silence passed before the sound of bending and breaking metal took over. I just couldn't move, no idea what I was dealing with, no way to find the door. I could only hope and pray that it couldn't see me standing here in the darkness. The sound of bending metal stopped, and the footsteps came even nearer, unmistakably. On the concrete flooring of my side of the enclosure. I clapped my hand to my mouth to hold in my heavy breathing. My heart raced, begging for oxygen, but I couldn't risk the breath. It wasn't until the door opened and the footsteps receded down the hallway that I took a gasp of air into my lungs. My heart was pounding out of my chest, and I took some long, deep breaths to calm its rhythm. A couple minutes later, Another booming noise, and the power returned. The hanging bulbs flickered into life, revealing a scene of destruction. The fencing had been completely torn apart, padlock sheared in half. Though I didn't know for certain, I treated the fence as if it was still electrified, making my way carefully around the pieces. The exit to the enclosure was thrown wide open. The metal hinges of the door had been flexed bent in a way that no normal person could have done. Leaning carefully, I peeked through the doorframe and down the hall. There was no sign of whatever had been walking around, however several of the doors to the other rooms had been opened in addition to mine. A gut-wrenching scream rang out from down the hall. My body shivered at the sound of it, fear and panic taking over, then a crunching noise as if a large bone had been broken in half, and the screaming stopped suddenly. From a room farther down the hallway, a pool of blood began to slowly run out from the doorway. The footsteps echoed back down the hallway toward me, heavy on the concrete flooring that made up this passageway. A creature appeared in the light, human in shape but decidedly not recognizable as a person. Its skin was dark, but seemed to reflect the light in a strange way. A fluid pulsed through it as it moved, as if you could see the circulatory system through a translucent layer. It breathed heavily and looked around before spotting me. I was frozen to the spot, no fight or flight, just completely locked up and shut down. I jumped when another booming noise shook the building floor, and all power went out again. The image of the creature lost to a sudden darkness that flooded the hallway. The seconds ticked by as I waited. The creature moved, but in what direction I couldn't tell with the, my senses shocked by the power outage, the footsteps echoing off the walls in a way that I couldn't pinpoint where it had moved to. The booming noise came again and the power flickered into life. It was gone, or at least out of sight. The elevator had also been called. I could see the doors open in the distance. I considered what chance I had staying on this floor with creature lurking around, killing people it was finding. With mere seconds spent on the decision, I took off running to the elevator. Past the open rooms, jumping over the pool of blood that had flowed into the middle of the hallway, I entered the elevator car and turned to the control panel. I hit the ground floor button and looked down the hallway. No one was there. I pounded on the closed door button rapidly, hoping to separate myself from this floor as quickly as possible. Relief washed over me as the large metal doors slid to a close, the freight elevator hummed lightly as it began to slowly make its descent to the lower floors. Something moving out of the corner of my eye caused me to look left like a reflex. Something solid that had been mimicking the walls of the elevator turned to face me. The creature, with its dark, semi-translucent skin, shed the metal texture of the elevator car from its body like a snake skin. I was petrified again, a cold sweat coating my skin as the creature turned toward me. I closed my eyes, turning my head away expecting the assault to come. I had no defense trapped in this closed elevator car with almost certain death just feet away. Only the blows didn't come, and after a moment of anticipating my demise, the creature began to speak. I recognize you, it said in a low, monotone voice. You do? I stuttered back at it, shocked that it was communicating with me. You are the one that brings food. Sustenance, it went on. Yeah, I am, I said, not really sure what else to do. I bring you the meat on the cart every day. The creature stepped closer to me, as if it was coming in for a closer look. It seemed like it had the face of a human, but the fluid that pulsed through the skin seemed to disrupt and confuse its features. I couldn't tell if it had eyes, but assumed it was looking at me. "'perceiving me in whatever visual senses it had. "'The pictures they show me in the cage, "'they tell me to kill, to destroy. "'You look like the people in the pictures, "'but you bring me food. "'This confuses me,' it explained. "'I wasn't sure what to say to this. "'I had no idea what sort of animals "'they were storing in this place, "'let alone how they were being treated "'apart from their diet.' Certainly, I couldn't have predicted this. Talking seemed preferable to dismemberment and death, though, so I was willing to continue the conversation. What pictures? I asked, unable to hide the tremors of fear in my voice. Pictures of violence, people attacking, destroying me, a warning that if I don't kill first, I will be killed. I have been shown this for as long as I can remember, it said. I'm not going to attack you. Not everyone is like that, I said. If someone attacked you, it's because they were afraid, didn't understand you. This is not what the pictures taught me, it said. I don't believe you, but I can't kill you because you are the bringer of food. Are you a god? I thought quickly about how to respond to this, realizing that if I replied in the affirmative that... I may be asked to somehow demonstrate my abilities. I decided based on the risk of that to be honest with the creature. No, I'm not, I said. I work in this place. I was never told who or what you are, just to bring you food. I'm a normal person. The creature seemed to shudder at these words. Its body fluid seemed to pulse more rapidly through its skin. Like it was trying to rectify its own programming, understanding of the world with this new revelation, that it really thought of me as some sort of deity. Then the more chilling thought, is that misunderstanding the only reason I'm still alive? I don't understand, is all it said as the elevator hit the bottom floor. The doors began to open into the main lobby, a deserted hall at this time of night. Shining marble flooring reflecting off the light of the indoors and the illuminated street lamps outside. The creature looked up and out of the heavy metal doors into the lobby. The large illuminated space seemed to mesmerize the creature. It walked to the center of the open lobby. Your world is strange, it said, running a hand across the granite surfaces of the reception desk. So much light. It hurts my eyes. Have you ever only been in the cage and the darkness? I asked. The pictures say the darkness is normal. I'll be hidden from the humans. They won't be able to find me, but if they do, I'll use it to kill more efficiently, he said coldly. At that moment, a taxicab pulled up to the front office. Two young women got out and began talking enthusiastically about their night out downtown. Pulling up to this secure building was merely a coincidence. The windows from the outside were impossible to see through. They had no idea what sort of danger they were in. The creature approached them. From the other side of the glass it watched, curious about their laughter their conversation. It understood the words they used but could not understand who they were, how they were not a threat to it. ''It's okay,'' I said. ''They can't see you. They aren't dangerous.'' ''This makes no sense,'' it said. ''All humans are the enemy. That's what the pictures told me.'' He moved a hand to the glass. The pulsing fluid under its skin changed its appearance, becoming clear, like the glass. The creature, having some sort of chameleon characteristics, taking on the form and texture of whatever it touched... What could they have been trying to accomplish with this thing, I wondered. I couldn't shake the connection to the fact that this was a high-security facility. My mind immediately went to the single conclusion. They were training some sort of weapon. Only by some miracle and all of the nights that I had come to feed this creature, it had noticed me as some benevolent figure. What do you think they were trying to teach you? I asked, unsure if this was a great avenue for the conversation. It turned from the glass, using its other arm to shed the glassy camouflage from it. It did this casually, as if mimicking its environment and shedding the disguise was as normal as scratching an itch. Think, it asked plainly. I was taught to survive, to preserve my being. This is my instinct not something that is perceived or considered. It is inherent, not developed. Future's argument was missing context, a symptom of its deeply ingrained training by the people running this place. The will to survive certainly wasn't programmed, but its fear of humans, people, certainly was. I shook my head, contemplating whether or not to challenge this thing's worldview. I had somehow survived talking to it up until this point, though. You were taught to fear and kill humans. You haven't killed me yet, and I'm wondering why. Did your pictures teach you that, or did you come to that decision? I asked. Its skin flurried with activity, reflecting and bending the light of the lobby, as if its physical appearance was responding to the challenge. I was not lied to, it said. There was an awkward silence after this. Maybe this was it. Time was up for me in this conversation. ''But don't you think,'' I stammered. ''You are the one who lies,'' it said before turning away. It moved to the reception desk and began smashing it into pieces, its large arms decimating the concrete and granite easily. Pieces of rock and rebar flew in all directions. I took cover near a large stone pillar as the creature screamed and smashed apart the entire lobby. Then a sound of breaking glass, and the two women outside screamed. I looked around the corner of the pillar to the front entrance. The creature stood there as the two women ran for their lives. Its fluidic body pulsed angrily, taking on the shapes and textures of the street, sidewalk, nearby buildings, till finally it became nearly invisible. Moving out, and into the world, but hidden to the naked eye. Pulling out my phone, I called my bosses. They dispatched a specialized team who took over the scene before local police even had a chance to respond. I was immediately sequestered and put under heavy questioning about what happened. Surveillance footage was played back to me showing the creature killing several of my coworkers, except when it encountered me, we walked around the building having a conversation like we were old friends the insinuation being that I had somehow assisted in coordinating its escape. I vehemently denied this, but was going to be held anyway. The unique position and contract I was in negated certain rights I would otherwise have had at a normal employer. Several hours of questioning, I was thrown into a cell, summarily exiled until they could piece together what happened. It was in those early morning hours, light peeking through the narrow windows of the cell block, that the creature returned, body camouflaged to look like the walls of the prison, its form morphed to squeeze through the bars and come right up to my bed, I scrambled backward, away from it as it approached. "'I've come to thank you,' it said. "'I can't imagine for what,' I replied. You've shown me that the pictures have not gone far enough. You've shown me that humans are liars, can trick me, that you are not to be trusted, it explained. I didn't lie to you, I argued. It pulsed angrily at my denial, then moved so close it was practically touching my face. I've come to free the others and explain the world they don't yet understand. We will survive, the humans won't kill us it proclaimed. It backed up, as I shook with fear at its menacing figure. Do you think they'll believe you? I asked. All they know is the darkness, and now this place is on high alert. They will, it said confidently. And once they're with me, we will destroy this place. It turned then, and before I could respond, its camouflage began masking it from view. I stood trying to find it but it was gone within an instant it had become adept at blending into its new surroundings as if it knew it as well as its cage broken free and spread its terrible wings enhancing its incalculable ability to destroy mere hours later i felt the shake and rumble of the building as if it was being lifted by its very foundations trapped in my cell I was left to ponder the ramifications of its escape and our conversation. Ponder while the floor sheared apart and the roof came down on top of me.